remain standing for a moment. Okay, I wanna I wanna read a scripture before we take a seat. But first of all, I think like everyone said tonight, it is a real privilege for us to be here, a privilege for our worship team to um, travel up and really just, you know, we were talking before the service. We always pray before the service. And we were just praying that tonight, that through the service, through whatever you've walked in here tonight, that you would go away knowing that it's actually the love of Jesus that can change you. You know, it's the love of Jesus. It's who He is. So I pray that's what you get tonight. And it's just such a privilege. We, uh, we thank you so much, Dave and Faye. It's, uh, it's amazing. Why don't we thank them and show them our appreciation. We love you guys. And I just want to read a scripture really quick. If we put that up on the screen behind me, then we can take a seat. It's, it's from Luke 17, and it's the story about the 10 lepers. And this is what it says. Jesus traveled on towards Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, 10 men approached him, but they kept their distance for they were lepers. They shouted to him, mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us? And heal us. When Jesus, then Jesus stopped to look at them. He spoke these words, go and get examined by the Jewish priests. They set off and they were healed while walking along the way. Tonight I want to talk about how Jesus works and how these men were healed as they walked along the way. And I believe tonight He can speak to us. Come on, we lift our hands in this place if you're comfortable. Father, we thank You, Lord Jesus, that we get to gather tonight, that we get to come out on a Thursday night. Lord, I know for some people, they've had to move heaven and earth to be here. They've had to make plans. They've had to sacrifice something, Lord Jesus, to be here tonight, whether it be amazing television at home or whatever it is, Lord. But we've come here to seek You and to put You first. And I pray, Lord, that... Lord, that we know what Your Word says, that if we seek You, we will find You. And I just believe, I've got the faith to believe tonight, that tonight could be people's breakthrough. That the breakthrough that they've been looking for, for years, Lord, tonight could be the night. In Your mighty name, Amen, Amen, Amen. Beautiful. Hey, why don't you take a seat? Where you are. So good. Thank you, worship team. You can... Go and do something. Or listen, listen and take out your notebooks and all that kind of stuff as well. So how are you all doing? You good? Excited that, um, that rugby season started? No, because the Welsh are amazing actually at rugby. And um, as a New Zealander, I came from New Zealand 15 years ago. My wife and I um, came from New Zealand over here. I came here to play rugby and to be a school teacher and all that kind of stuff. I was hoping to play more rugby than school teach. Um, so, you know, I did all of that stuff. My brother plays for the All Blacks. He plays for the New Zealand uh, Sevens All Blacks. He's been there for 12 years, which is amazing. He just signed another two years. So that's pretty awesome. So we're hoping to beat Wales this year. Um, oh, sorry about that. But, uh, but you've got the Rugby World Cup next year. Believing that Wales can be in the final. Um, you know what I mean? And, and I hear you've got a, a new New Zealand coach after the World Cup. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, so I think you've had one for like over 10 years now. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. So Welsh rugby's in good hands, okay? 
That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say here today. Well, I want to ask you a question. The question is, how has your year been so far? Have a think about it. Why don't you close your eyes and just have a little think and just contemplate on your year. And then why don't you open your eyes and just have a little... You know, just have a little one-minute chat to the person next year about the year thus far. Uh, kind of sum your year up. Okay, okay. That's enough talking for this evening. But for me, like, for me this year, this year had been going so well. Like, I'm having a great year. I can't believe it's Christmas and all this kind of stuff. But for me personally, this year completely changed on the 25th of September this year. And what happened, I'll tell you the story. What happened is, um, my wife and I were at dinner, and it was one of those nights. I think our son was somewhere else, and he was getting looked after and all that kind of stuff. So we went out for dinner and just had ordered like a cheeky, uh, you know, lemonade or something like that. And we're just kind of, you know, drinking that or a beer or something like that. I don't know what it was. But anyway, I'm, I'm finished. I'm through that. And then my, my phone rings. Um, if you put the picture up. So have you ever got one of those calls on your phone? Now we know what that is, don't we? It's an insurance salesman saying that you crashed your car recently and, they, and would you like to sue someone else? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. Who can it be? Like someone you're selling something else. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want to answer this. I'm just having the night of my life with the love of my life. And we're like having, to, yep, I know, I'm so romantic. And we're just staring into each other's eyes and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm on my phone too much anyway, to be honest. Even during worship, Kelly's like, just sing, stop being on your phone. Anyway, but, you know, um, and so I'm there and I thought, well, I don't know. Something inside me just answered the phone. And the person on the other side is this Mr. Mickelson. And I'm like, you sound like a salesman. And I'm like, and they said, I'm a doctor. And I'm like, ah. Oh, Okay, and this is what I said to him, how do I know you're a doctor? And he's like, because I am, you know. <laughs> like, now that's not a real answer, you know what I mean? Then he starts asking me for my, my, my birth date and my this. I'm like, whoa, 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 can we just stop? Like, I don't even know who you are. You need to prove to me that you are who you are. Because I, I just didn't want to talk to them at, at that moment. He, and then he said this test to me. Then he said this to me. He goes, you went for a blood test this morning, didn't you? And I was like, uh-oh, yeah, I did. Okay. And he goes, um, I've got the results. And I was like, oh, yes. And he goes, you need to get to hospital immediately. And he, and he, and he, and he, and he says to me, are you, he goes, are you okay? Like, are you standing up right now? Are you feeling it? I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you know, and, and he goes, and he goes, a normal white blood count is seven and he goes yours is way over a hundred it ended up being 500 
So he goes, you need to get in an ambulance right now and you need to go to hospital right now. And I said, what is it? What? I said, you've just called me. You've, you've interrupted my dinner. You're telling me all this stuff. What could it be? And I said, he goes, I don't want to. I said, tell me what this is. It's not fair. And he goes, it has to be cancer. And I was like, what? And he goes, so get to the hospital. So then I just sit down on the side of the road <laughs> like this. And I'm like, what has just happened to my life? One minute I'm having a, a drink, chilling out, staring into the love of my life's eyes. You know what I mean? Like all of that kind of stuff. The next minute some guy I don't even know is phoning me, telling me to get the hospital. So I go to the hospital. I, I ring Kelly. I said, pay the bill. She's like, are you mad? <laughs> you know, I said, I just got a call from the hospital. So she pays the bill. We run out. We catch an Uber, get to the hospital. I tell them what the guy said. It's scary in A&E because in, in London, I don't know what it's like here. In London, there's always 100 people in the accident emergency, okay? <laughs> and you just, and you're always there for four hours. I went and said, hello. I didn't even get to sit down and they called my name back. And I thought, oh, this is bad. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. I go in, they do a couple of tests and they sit us down around 10, 10.30 that night. And they said, Mr. Mickelson, you have leukemia. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing to my life and to my world and all this kind of stuff? And then they start telling me about bone marrow transplants and all this kind of stuff they can do. I started Googling the type of leukemia that they said I have, which is not a good thing. Do not Google, okay, when you get a doctor's prognosis because I was, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have many years to live and all this kind of stuff, which was kind of like freaking me out, all that kind of stuff. But it was the most crazy thing then they admitted me to hospital for two nights. And really, from there, I've given bone marrow transplants. And on Tuesday, I went back to the doctor. And all this kind of stuff. And it's been the craziest, I swear to you, the craziest month of my life. For me, that's the first time anything like that has happened in my life. And for me, just this journey of life has been radically kind of like changed. Okay. Um, and I think... I think what's so interesting to me about this whole journey is that, which I really want to talk about this tonight, and I want to weave this into the story with the lepers, is that you start realizing, if you're not so in your own world and your own plans, you start realizing that there's so many other people in the world that are going through stuff, okay? And I know that we know that, but I think when you've been through something like that, you become so much more aware. Like the fact is tonight we talk, you know, I read the story about the leprosy and you read about the lepers and, you know, they had a certain degree disease. The reality is we all have something going on right now. Like we all do. We all have something going on right now. We all have a need. We have a hurt. We have a pain. Maybe we don't have what I have. But I tell you what, there's other things that we have. There's people with addiction. There's people with things that love to break through. There's things that they want to get to the other side. Even challenges in people's lives where they feel like life is really at a standstill and they can't move forward. Whatever it is tonight, I pray tonight that you actually take hold of God because I believe, I believe in the power of the name of Jesus. And I believe that Jesus can change things. Who believes that here tonight? Come on, why don't we give God some praise in this place? Because you, because you can leave this place different. I truly believe that. I watched this video. I'm going to make this video for our church, but I watched this video recently of this, um, it, 
It's a place called Chick-fil-A in America. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like, it's like KFC, but better. I know. Amazing. I think it'll be in heaven. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So it's an incredible place. But they have this training video where they have these words that come up next to people as they come up to the counter or they're sitting in the thing. One of them was, there was this girl that walked up and, you know, one of the things was, I, I grew up in a single family and, you know, I'm, I've always kind of wondered if my dad loved me. And then this other person came and it said, I've been unemployed for so long and I'm really unsure about my future. And then this other person, and it just kept telling these people's stories. See, when I watch that now, I start looking out here and I realize that we've all got one of those. We've all got something that is our story that we're going through. And I think the, the saddest thing is, is that you can walk down the street, or you can look around and you don't think other people are going through. So see, see, I've been diagnosed with cancer this year, but you know what? There's another 360,000 people in the United Kingdom that have been diagnosed this year. So it ain't just me. I guarantee we all know somewhere. I guarantee these people here tonight that have walked that journey or are walking that journey and are coming out the other side. And I think when I read about these lepers, see, the funny thing is I preached this message a week before I found out that I had leukemia. And I preached it very different the week after. (laughs) Because... I just brushed over the fact that these guys had leprosy. But I started thinking about these people. If, you, if we put that scripture up from the start, you know, that these guys would have once not had leprosy, but they would have caught leprosy. And you know what you would do is, which I wonder if we should bring this back in, um, Dave, to, to be honest is, if you had a rash, you would come and show the pastor um, of, of the church. And I just thought... Maybe at the end of church, we could set up a rash line, you know what I mean? And you could, got a, got a, got a rash going on here and Dave and Faye could check the rashes. What do you, did you, do you think, you know, we could Instagram them, you know what I mean? Anyway, whatever. But, but they would have had that and they would have had to show the priest and they would have been diagnosed and like kicked out of of what happened. If you follow through really on the story, these guys, it says that they heard of Jesus and they shouted out, mighty Lord and wonderful master. See, what what blows my mind is how did they even find out about Jesus? How did they even get to know him? I wonder where they were in their life that they actually came to the point where they realized that they needed Jesus Christ. Because so many of us can live lives where, I don't know, I I suppose life's just going beautiful or wonderful or whatever it is, but you're like, you don't feel like you need Him. The reality is we all need a Savior. We all need Jesus. And I don't know if you're here for the first time and you haven't put your faith in Jesus or you haven't trusted Him or you've never heard of Him before. You know, when we first started church in Paris, Hillsong Paris, people would come up after the service and they'd say, what is that book you're reading from? We've never heard of that. And they, and they were like, you know, when you t- said turn to the scriptures, we couldn't find that anywhere. You know what I mean? That we couldn't find the book called scriptures. Like, so, so we were kind of, kind, kind of lost. I'm like, I mean, I know they're French. Okay. But you know what I mean? Let's give them a break. But, but, but the fact is, I don't think we can presume these days that everyone knows about Jesus. 
I grew up in a church school. And I tell you what, I learned a lot about God. I learned a lot about what I could and couldn't do. I learned a lot about the Ten Commandments. I never heard about Jesus. I never knew that there was a thing called grace. Because I grew up that it's rules that change you. (laughs) Well, actually, you know what? Jesus changes you by his love. He changes you from the inside out. And if you're wanting to change in this place, you know what? It's super easy to change in one sense. You know what you got to do? you got to become more passionate about Jesus than the thing that you're passionate about. Because what you worship is what you become like. And you can't be trying to, I want to become like Jesus, but I'm still, no, 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 no. Become passionate about Jesus. I remember getting saved and I was into rugby culture and Heineken was my best friend and like all these, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And I was so scared about giving my life to Jesus because I have to give up all this fun stuff. You know what I mean? And I just remember walking down the street one day, realizing that I'm different. You know, and you know, all I could put it down to was what I was more passionate about Jesus than I was with Heineken. <laughs> Or other things that I was into or I was doing. And we just got to fall in love with Jesus. We've got to say, mighty Lord, wonderful Savior. And that's what these guys did. They came to a place where they were like, Jesus Christ, you are the answer. You are the one. And you know what? Even if you're here for the first time, why don't you just try it? What's the worst thing that could happen? You know, the most dangerous but awesome prayer you could ever pray tonight is, Jesus, if you be real, if what that New Zealand guy up there is talking about is true. I put my faith in you. And you know what? I believe that he'll show you here tonight. And maybe you've been a Christian since Noah's Ark, okay? That's fine. Tonight you can put your hope in Jesus. You know, God's mercies are new fresh every single day. Every single morning they're fresh. And I think, you know what God's been speaking to me about recently is I so get ahead of myself. You know, I'm worried about next year and next week and all this kind of stuff. And you know what God said? No, no, Chris, my mercies are new for you today. My, 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 my mercies aren't new for you tomorrow. I don't have mercy for you tomorrow yet because it ain't tomorrow. My mercies are new for you today. And I want to encourage us to live in the moment. So Jesus, I love Jesus. He's so cool. Like Jesus is like the ultimate cool dude because, you know, these guys like 10 lepers are like, wonderful master. And they're looking over there to Jesus. My son, Finn, Finn, can you jump up on stage and just be Jesus over there at the moment? Can you do that? Just, yep. Just over there a little bit. Yep, a bit more. If you just look cool. I don't know what that means. Okay, anyway, so, 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 so uh, the 10 lepers are over here. Could we have 10 guys just come up here? One, or nine, one, two, three, four. C- can you guys come up to, please, just up on here? Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, C- can you guys just, go? okay, so, so if you stand with me, okay. Brilliant, yep, yep, come up, brilliant. So, you know, there's a couple of guys and girls up here and all that kind of stuff. So, so here we are. So we're hanging out. So we've all got leprosy. We're in the leprosy connect group. You know what I mean? So we've got like our own, our own connect group going on, but we're still like in fellowship and all that kind of stuff. So we're standing here and we see Jesus. I mean, oh, 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 
we're in like a perfect row right now because we're just such organized lepers. Anyway, but so we're here and we see Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Hey. That's it. Jesus guy. I think he could heal us. Why don't we just say, mighty Lord, wonderful master, to come and heal us. Jesus, can you heal us, please? And, and this is Jesus. Okay. Jesus is just here. And Jesus just looks over. And Jesus says, hey, if you go and get examined by the priests, be awesome. How boring is that? Thank, thank you, Jesus. You can leave now. Thank, thank, thank you, lepers. No, but like think about all the miracles that Jesus did. And this miracle is like 10 people across the road. Jesus, heal us. And Jesus goes, Hey, um, if you go and get healed by, if you go and see the priests, they'll heal you. I'm like, the dude's just got style, you know what I mean? The guy didn't even get a sweat up, like <laughs> healing him. He just, and you know what's so interesting about that story? Jesus responded to their, to their question, to their need. You know, everywhere that Jesus went, okay, apart from his hometown, it said, because of the faith of those people, but every time someone came and said, heal me, Jesus goes, yeah, I will do it. He met people's needs. He healed people. So they asked Jesus, and Jesus, and Jesus heals them. It's the most amazing thing. But the, but the most fascinating thing about this whole story, actually, if you 10 lepers can come back up. Is, is that, sorry, sorry, just one more time. Thanks. I mean, we're into some powerful acting here tonight, okay? So, so there you go. So before they set off, I want you to get this in your head, okay? If we read this together, they set off and along, and they were healed while walking along the way, okay? I keep getting in the way, okay? <laughs> they set off and they were healed. So listen, when they set off, were they healed? No. They set off. They were healed, it says, while they walked along the way. But, but right now, before they set off, they still had fingers falling off. They still had stuff going wrong with them. So every step, if you go back to your seats again, okay? As they walked... As they walked, they were, but, but, that, but I, I want us to get this tonight. I wonder if it was in the first step or in the thousandth step they were healed. It doesn't say how many steps on the way. But when they started walking, they weren't healed. They weren't healed. Jesus says, hey, just go, just sit off. And they're still like, but I'm still sick. But I've still got leukemia. I'm, I'm preaching. God, I've prayed, but I've still got, I've still got, like I'm still, I still went to the doctor Tuesday. Like I took pills before the service <laughs> to get better. And all that, but, but Jesus, you're not, you, and I just think so much, I think so many of us and so many times in my life, I don't even think half the time we set off because we're waiting for the healing before we go. We're waiting for the healing do you know what I mean? No, no, no. I will join. I'm going to join the Jesus Care Ministry 
when I'm healed, when I'm helped, when I'm whole, when I'm going to start a connect group when everything's perfect. I'm going to start giving in the offering when my finances are like a million. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do all this stuff when I'm okay. And that is the, and I think Jesus, because every single miracle that was shown is teaching us. I think Jesus is teaching us that life's a journey. I think Jesus is teaching us, which the world doesn't. The world's like, you want it now. You've got to get it. If you don't get, if if I don't get my KFC burger in the next 30 seconds, I'm out of here. If If I don't get the job of my dreams by 21, you know, I'm my career is, if my marriage isn't perfect within five years, what a ridiculous thing this is going to be. My, my friendships and all this, all this kind of stuff. You know what? You want something to be good? You've you got to put in the work. See, I believe that Jesus is teaching us and through his word that life is actually a journey and life is a path. And then our healing comes along the way. I think so much of our thinking is an open door mentality. And you hear Christians talking about it all the time. And it's fine. I've said it. I'm just waiting for God's open door. You know, God's going to open a door to me and he's going to open a door. And I'm waiting for an open door. Do you know, only once does it say in the Bible about an open door. And it's like, if you knock, I will open. He's talking about salvation. Do you know every other time the Bible talks about life, this life that we live, it talks about a path over 700 times. It says that life's a path. And I think we've got to, I think that's what Jesus is trying to teach us through the story, that life isn't an open door. Wow, we're here. I've made it. No, no. Life is this journey of faith. We've got to walk down a path. Life is much more like walking down a path than opening a door and getting everything at once. Psalm 3 verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. And I want to I encourage us that tonight. So the two keys I believe to this miracle is firstly, get going. And secondly, stay going. So let's talk about the first one first. Get going. How do we get going in life? How do we actually have the faith? Because I don't know, I don't know about my other nine, you know, friends here, but if Jesus said get going, get healed, I'd be like, but I want you to heal me now. You know, and I tell you what, this whole leukemia thing, I'm like, Jesus, what is wrong with you? Like, just heal me. I'm praying. Like, are you serious? Come on. And I think Jesus is speaking to me through this whole journey. He's like, Get going. Don't pull back. Don't. No, that's not the wrong po- right point at the moment. Um, no, is is actually just just get going. So, my first point, which are not these points, I'll bring those points up later, because these are sub points. Um, these sub points are to get going. Is I think I think I think there's three obstacles that stop us from actually going. Okay, I think the first obstacle in our lives could be the person, the person who's telling us about Jesus or the person that God's using. We don't like that person. Husbands and wives don't look at each other right now. You know what I mean? But it's annoying how right my wife can be. It's so annoying. Like, 
I'm not saying anything and I'm not saying she's right all the time and I don't tell her that she's right. She just happens to be here tonight, which is awkward. But uh, you know what I mean? But like, but the fact is, I think sometimes that the person who is the boss, the person that we're married to, the, I don't know, your friends, all that kind of stuff, you're like, this can't be God. How could God speak through them? How could God talk to how could God speak to me through that person? And I think so many times in my life, I've, like, we limit God by who's speaking to us. But you know what's amazing in the Bible? I don't think we can decide who God wants to speak to us through. See, God used a little boy with five loaves and two fish. God used Jonah that ran from God. God used Noah that enjoyed a few beers, you know. Um, God, God used David who was a murderer and adulterer. God used Matthew, who was an accountant and a tax collector, you know? I mean, those two things right there. God used Rahab, who was a prostitute. He used Moses, who lacked confidence and was a stutterer. He used Abraham, who was an older gentleman. (laughs) He used Saul, who killed Christian. And he used Gideon, who was weak. And 1 Corinthians 1 verse 20 said, God makes the wisdom of the world. He takes the wisdom of the world. And he makes it seem foolish in his eyes. And I think what we've got to do as Christians of today is stop boxing God, saying, God, because if these 10 lepers were like, God, I heard about the miracle where you rubbed dirt in that dude's eyes. I heard about the miracle where you waved your hand. I heard about the miracle. They'd be sitting there going, God, I mean, Jesus, what have you done? You're not using us properly. I think another obstacle could be the actual, the way that God is doing it, the way that Jesus is working in your life. I think so many times that we can look left and right and go, that's the way God's done it for Dave, but that's not the way God's doing it for me. Do you know what? I've never, ever Knowing that any kind of thought of how I thought life would go, it's gone like that. I don't know about you. I'm 42, okay? So I don't know if you think I'm old or not or young or whatever. It depends where you fit, um, you know, and all that. But I've had dreams and plans. You know, nothing's gone how I thought. (laughs) It's so funny, you know, at 18, we have all these hypotheses about how life's going to be, don't we? Oh, it's going to be this. And yeah, this is going to be amazing. And I think the cruel thing about life is, I think you get to about 98 and you go, I get it. (laughs) Worked it out. You know what I mean? Expectation set. But you can't box God. What are we doing, people? We're telling God what He can do and what He can't do. Who God can use and who God can't use. The way God can go about it and how He doesn't go about it. You know, you think about some of the miracles we did. Some people Jesus healed instantly. Other people, Jesus healed in stages. Some people, Jesus touched to heal them, and others, he didn't even touch them. I think if you're a disciple, you'd be like, this guy's just crazy. You know what I mean? He never does the same thing twice. Some people, Jesus says, don't tell anyone. Others, he goes, go and tell everyone. Like, what are we talking about here? This is crazy. Like, Lazarus, he waited for the guy to die. Jesus, come quickly. The guy's sick. No, I'm just going to wait for him to die before I heal him. Like, ridiculous concept there in that moment. Some people, you know what the four guys that carry Jesus? And Jesus looks at them and he says, because of your, four, your faith, I'm going to heal him. And in other people, he looks and he goes, because of your faith, I'm going to heal you. Like, what? It's, it's just, 
you can't box Jesus. You can't box. I think some people don't start moving because of the timeline. I'm not ready yet. I'm too young. I'm too old. You, you know what I've realized in this life? If you're not careful, I look at my son who's nine years old, and if he's not careful, people will tell him he's too young to serve Jesus. And then you become a teenager and you're like, oh no, exams and you need to study. And then you become a young adult and you go to university or study. No, no, you need to study at university. You need to get into your job. Then you start dating. You know, you just need to, you know, work. I need time for my relationship. And then you get married and it's like, you know, I just need to take a couple of years out in my marriage. And then, oh no, we're having kids now. Now I need to pull back because I'm having kids. Oh no, and now my kids are teenagers. I just need to chill out. And then my kids have left home, but now I can't serve because I'm waiting for grandkids, you know. And you get to the end of your life and there's, you know what? There's no perfect time. And there's, <laughs> there's no perfect time to serve Jesus. In every season of life, there's an obstacle and there is a reason why you shouldn't move here. There's a sad story of why you can't do it, of why you can't move. or what you, And I think this story, I think we brush over the story, but the faith for me is these guys went and sat down and went and moved before they were even healed. They had the faith to go, if Jesus says it, I'm going to do it. And they stepped out. And they started walking and they started walking and they started walking and they started moving. And who knows how long it took for them to be healed along the way. I don't know. It's just, it's a short sentence. But they were healed as they were moving. And I think for some people tonight, you're waiting for something. I, I don't know what you're waiting for to start. For conditions, to, conditions will never be perfect. Trump will always say something crazy. You know what I mean? Like elections will always be, I don't know. I don't know. Brexit, who knows? Just going to wait for Brexit to see how that is before I start serving in church. Like what? You know what I mean? We're never going to sort this thing out. Like who knows how this is going to work. But I just want to share to you four ways. And if my personal keyboardist um, comes up now, that would be amazing. But four quick ways, that's five, four quick ways. that I believe you can, that can help you along the way. Because it's one thing to get started, okay? It's another thing to keep going. Isn't it, pastors? <laughs> it's another thing to keep pastoring. It's another thing to, to stay married. It's another thing to stay working. It's another thing to keep running that business. It's another thing to keep having those friends. It's another thing to keep on going and to keep on working and to keep on being faithful. And I think point number one, thank you, sorry. Point number one is accept what's happened and get about the future. And I hate this point. (laughs) I hate that I hate the point that I wrote down, you know what I mean? But I don't want to, like, I don't want to accept leukemia. What the heck? Crazy. It feels like, you know what, what, you know what it feels like for me? I can't wait to meet this Chris that people are talking about that has leukemia. Sounds like a nice guy. You know, I mean, I'd love to meet the guy because I just, it, 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 it's crazy to me. But I tell you what, I think if these guys, if all these 10 people are over here still murmuring and complaining that they caught, you know, they caught leprosy off their cousin and you know, all this kind of stuff and they did this, all this kind of stuff, they wouldn't have been in a place where they could accept Jesus 
ask Jesus and be in that place. And I think whatever's happened, see, in life, we've got to take responsibility. I grew up with an older brother that was blind. He's been blind for 44 years. And every single day when he can't see and he gets dressed and he heads out the house, he knows that he's going to walk into people, walk into stuff. He comes back with like bruised legs, bleeding sometimes through his jeans and just has the saddest stories of kind of what happened. He's been unemployed for four years, trying to get a job. He got a job trying to help disabled people, but they cut the funding, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he just keeps trying and he keeps trying and he keeps trying. And But you know, one thing he's never done really is he's never gone, I can't believe I'm blind. Sit down. No, 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 no. He's like, I'm going to make something of this life. And whatever's happened in your life, and I don't know what it is, and it's, it's easy for me to stand on a stage here, but we all have our stuff. We have our hurt. We have our pain. We have things that people have done to us. We've had things that we've done to other people. But the reality is, there comes a time where we've got to draw a line in the sand, like Galatians 6 verse 45 says, and it says, each of you, must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. See, Jesus took responsibility for the sins of the world. He who knew no sin gave His life for us. And He came to earth and He took responsibility and He went into hell. And He rose on the third day to set us free and to give us life and to give us hope. If Jesus can take responsibility for us, I believe we can take responsibility for ourselves. Number two, I think another thing we do is realize, realize that we need other people along the way. The rest of the musos can come up right now. But, you know, I think, I don't know about you, but because this is Wales, okay? And you're actually different. I've realized you're different to English people. Like, you know what I mean? A little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, everyone's happy about that, okay? <laughs> Be careful because some of these people are English. Um, but... No, but I've realized, like, you know the way I've dealt with this leukemia? Like, some people wouldn't tell everyone and tell the world and tell their friends. You know what I said to Kelly? The very first time we found out, I said, Kelly, if we're going to do life with people, we're going to take people on the journey. And she, and she goes, what does that mean? I said, well, we're going to tell people. We're going to let people into our lives. So we told all our staff. We've got 120 staff. So we told them all our family and all our friends. I couldn't even ring my mum and dad. I'm like, I'd be too much of a mess to tell them. You need to phone my parents. You're on phoning parents, Judy. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't do that. But we've taken people in because I don't want people three months later to go, I thought we were friends, but you haven't taken us. And one thing I've been challenging our church is I'm like, you know, this British, you know, stiff upper lip. Oh no, I'm just going to deal with this myself. You know, how's things? Oh, Wonderful as you're dying on the inside, you know what I mean? Like you are like, literally things are falling apart. Oh no, I'm fine. You know, tough. I'm, I'm great. I don't think that's that tough. <laughs> I think what's tough is actually being vulnerable enough to tell someone, to let someone in, to take someone. If you, I, I want to say this. I think if you really value the people around you, you'll let them into your life. Take them on the journey with you. Build trust. You know, 
I think, I think it's so important to bring people on the journey. You know, Hebrews 10 verse 24, if we put that scripture up, this is what it says. At some stage, it'll come up here. No? Okay. Maybe I got rid of that one. But it says, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And I love that. And I think that's what we're called to do. Encourage each other. See, what was funny is I let a few people know that night. I had a few friends drive to the hospital at 1am and just come and see me and pray with me and stand with me. The next day when I was in my hospital room, we had literally 10 people in the hospital room and they just came and sat there all day. And I'm like, you're not allowed to do this. You know, we'll get, you'll kick me out of the hospital. You know? And they're like, we don't care. We're not going anywhere. And they just sat there and we hung out. The general rule was, don't leave Chris alone. <laughs> I don't know what they think I was going to do to myself or anything like that. But I wonder, I wonder if these 10 guys would have even made it if they didn't have each other. I wonder if it was one leper, how far they would have walked. I wonder if they would have taken five, six steps and doubt would have crept in and fear would have crept in. And, it would have, and they would have gone, what am I doing? Jesus says, go to the priest. I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. What am I doing? This is crazy. What am I doing? Believing in a God. I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. I wonder if even one of them got healed before another one. I don't know. But I wonder if that even spurred them on. I think, I think we can underplay so much the value of other people. And I think that's why small groups and friendships and all this stuff is so important in our lives. I would say the quality of your life right now is determined by the people in your world. And if you're having a rough time, lonely time, a hard time, you need some new friends. You need more friends. You need to enlarge your circle. You need to go out more. You need to be proactive. You need to get involved. Number three, quickly, as we finish is, number three was realize, and I hate this point even more than the first point, realize that there's good to be found in the issue. Like, it's so bizarre to say, but so much good has come out of me having leukemia. It's so weird. And I would have never thought that. And I don't think I was qualified to even say that until I got it. But in a way, it's been a bit of a gift in the sense of connecting with people, helping other people, encouraging other people. Because I think that's what this life's about. Like I went in the Apple store to buy some, you know, some of those cordless earphones for my mum. So I go into the Apple store and the guy goes, hey man, how you doing? How's your week been? And I was like, <laughs> This is going to be fun. And I said, oh, not too bad. I got told I've got leukemia um, on Monday. And, and he's like, oh, crap. Really? And he goes, well, my mum got told she had that. My, uh, my, my brother had that too. We had this like 15 to 20 minute conversation. Talking, connecting, helping him. All, all of this kind of stuff where I wouldn't have been able to do that 
And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, whatever you're going through, your testimony, the thing you're battling with, the thing that you're like, God, I can't believe this could be the very thing that actually helps so many other people. You can help other people overcome and and get there and make it. Romans 8 verse 28 says, All things work together for the good of those that love Him. And, And I don't really care what the devil thinks he's done or he can do through this, but the joke's on the devil. Because God's going to turn this round and so much good is going to come out of this. You know what? If I've come here tonight to help a handful of people, it's worth it. It's worth it for the kingdom of God. And point number four is keep your confident hope set on Jesus. I'd ask us just to stand to our feet right now. Because I think whatever we're going through now, whatever it is, you might think it's the worst, the toughest thing. But I tell you what, if you allow yourself, it's going to be the very thing that draws you close to Jesus. It's going to be the very thing that actually just builds your relationship some depth into your walk with God and who He is. I want to just read this Scripture and then we're going to sing in a moment. But this Scripture is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 8, and it's Paul. I tell you what, if Paul could complain, if there's anyone in the Bible that could complain, it's Paul. He was shipwrecked about a thousand times, said, said he was bitten by a snake, he was beaten numerous of times, an inch of his life. So much, he was put in jail. So much happened to this guy. But hear it, hear this letter that he's writing to the Corinthians, trying to encourage, and I pray this encourages you tonight. He's using his trials to encourage them. This is what he says. He says, We don't want you in the dark, friends, about the hard, how hard it was when we first came to the Asia prophets. He goes, listen, he said, It was so bad that I didn't think we were going to make it. Wow. I don't know how you feel tonight, but this is what he's saying. He didn't think he was going to make it. He goes, We felt like we'd been sent to death row. We thought it was all over for us. And get this line, this is crazy. He said, but as it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. He said, instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. And not a bad idea since He's the God who raises the dead and He did it. He rescued us from certain doom and He'll do it again. Come on, let me give God some praise in that moment. And it says He'll do it again. Love it. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescue. So whatever you're going through right now, I want to say, let it draw you closer to God. Like those... 10 lepers that stepped out before they were healed and got healed. Who knows if they had to walk for a day and a half before they were healed? It doesn't say. But it says as they walked this journey out, they were healed. I believe Jesus is trying to teach us we're all on a journey. And as we walk this journey together, as we look to Him, 
He's going to bring healing in our lives. He's going to bring wholeness. That answer, maybe you're looking for that relationship to change or to form or whatever it is. Come on, and we lift our hands in this place. I want to encourage us right now in this moment. Come on, and we cry out to God in this place and say, Jesus, Jesus, I want to put my faith in You. I want to put my trust in You. Lord Jesus, we thank You, Father. Lord, we thank You that You are a loving God, a caring God, that You are the God of the universe. (coughs) And like You healed those 10 lepers, Lord Jesus, that You can heal us. And I pray that we have the faith tonight, Lord, to step out and say, I don't want things as they are. I'm not happy with an average life, Lord Jesus. I want more of You. I want more of life. I want the power of who You are to move in my life. In Your mighty Name, Amen, Amen. Come on.